Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. I have to go back to work tomorrow. So the fun is over and I have to get back to the grind. Looking the back. proverbial grind. Looking back on the month off. Fantastic. What, what, <laughs> I never understand any... people. You know, like, all the time people. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to like quit and go do something else, right? Like just in general, right? And in, in life, there's times. I feel like everyone has felt this, especially now with more people quitting than ever. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's not that I dislike my job. It's not that I hate my job at all. I actually really enjoy the work that I do. But sometimes you just don't want to, you know, like, don't want to report to anybody. Like I just yeah. kind of want to wake up and do what I want. Like it's it's the main reason. Like a lot of people want to become like filthy rich to go buy stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make them enough money so I don't have to like listen to anybody. <laughs> so I could just wake up and be like, you know what? Today I'm going to do nothing. And then tomorrow you might wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to do all of the things. And you want to be able to just kind of work that way. So I'm I'm giving my my life story here because I just I've got that feeling that I'm sure everyone has felt when you're like I don't dislike my job but I also don't feel like going in and talking to people I work with on Monday and hearing all of their problems and all the things that we need it's just like oh it's like really it's like I kind of just want to wake up and just kind of do some cool stuff and then maybe tomorrow or the next day ah, I don't want to do as much cool stuff maybe I want to do some chores and then the next day ah maybe I want to go travel somewhere. So like that that freedom freedom yeah is that's something a, I think we should all aspire by to. Yeah. <laughs> by definition, it's freedom. Right? Yeah. So yeah, so um so I'm doing okay, but you're just having those feelings it's like, man, how much money would I need to survive for a year of just doing that? I I I haven't had that level of freedom since I was 21, 22. Well, depending on what that is, right? Depends on how much of, of how much money you'd need. Like if if any point that is, I want to fly around the world, well then you're going to need a bit more. Yes. But you can also do that for relatively cheap if you make certain concessions. You know, you stay in a few of those pods, hostels, <laughs> whatnot. You, <laughs> yeah. you you buy you buy some uh, ramen, like not not the good stuff, the uh, the, yeah, the, the styrofoam stuff, cup stuff noodles along the, the way. Yeah, the stuff that comes in the package, go, not the stuff that comes in a beautiful bowl with a or you. Yeah. Or you go a little freegan while you're on the road and, uh, you know, you're picking out uh, yesterday's oh, bread right. out of the trash. You know, there's plenty <laughs> of ways you can do this for not any money at all. Like there's that line in office space, right? Where he says, what do you, he's like, what would I do? He's like, I do nothing. He's like, we don't need a million dollars to do nothing. He's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting though. Like it's an interesting thought. Cause you're right. Like I think a lot of people. And I mean, you know, you hear all the time people are like, I was much happier when I was broke. Like, there's something to having to sort of, like, you don't have any money. And so you kind of wake up. And it's like, this is what college was at times, right? I had jobs during college, but there's times in college where you don't, you're, you're not working and you don't have much money and you don't really have much to do. Those are some of the most fun times I remember. Where you're like, well, let's just go walk. Let's go do something. Let's go figure out what to do. And there's a real sort of joy and freedom in that versus like having like, again, like I've got responsibilities. Like I've got to, I've got to go not only help myself in things, but go help others and manage things and get people to go in certain directions. And it's, it's quite a lot of work. It's a lot of taxing work that's different from like physically sl- swinging a sledgehammer. 
it's mentally exhausting. Yeah. So I've en- I've enjoyed my month immensely. And it's one of the greatest joys of being a contracted worker is at any moment, at least I could have before, before I took on more responsibility because, you know, you want to change the world. Um, I, like you could just take months off and everyone's like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's just like, all right. I'm like, hey, so I'm going to go take three months off. And everyone's like, all right, cool. Those were, those are great times. So you wake up and you're not worried about money because one, you know, you're kind of going back to work. And two, it's like you save up enough money if you're smart. And then you just kind of do stuff. And I've actually found I spent less money. I didn't spend much money. Like playing a video game all day doesn't cost much. <laughs> no. Depends on the cheap. game. Pretty cheap. If you want to play Candy Crush all day and you're not good at it, that could that could cost thousands. Yeah, if you're paying for stuff. Yeah. That's so right. So yeah, anyways, it's just a interesting observation. To answer your question, I enjoyed my break. I go back to work tomorrow. We will see if I enjoy work enough to power through. Until this time next year, when we do it again, most people. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say 95 percent of people just kind of want to be left alone to do whatever they want to do, right? I don't but know man, if it's that high. There's, like, there's a lot of people who 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 really enjoy or need that pushing. What do you like mean? there's a lot well, of people who don't like if you left them alone they'd go nuts with their own thoughts. There's a lot of people like that who cannot they can't sit still. Hey, you know what? I'll argue that you're a little bit like that. Like you're you're very you're 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 willing to go after stuff. You're willing to converse with people. I generally find that I, what the reason why me and you are such a good team in this regard is that you're you're way more willing to sort of jump into stuff and talk to people and have discussions. You're you're much more of an extrovert than I am. Yeah, but that's in those social situations that will present themselves. It's not so much work, like I, but just so much as I could respect somebody who wants to be left alone, I'll leave them alone. And just so much as there's plenty of times where, but that's also a matter of me just. I guess doing again th- that kind of freedom of getting out and doing things, but there's plenty of times where I just I could appreciate just sitting around doing nothing, looking well, my whole I, I break. Guess, I guess that would be my question. Yeah, I guess that would be my question to you. If you, if you weren't worried about money and you could sit around, what like what would you actually do with your like right now? I say, yeah. Jason, I just put. I'm not going to tell you the amount, but you never have to worry about money again. Just you keep spending money; it's never going to disappear. Like oh. it's, you've got a magical fountain attached to your bank account that every, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, every couple of weeks, someone drops a million dollars in there. And so wow. you don't, don't have to worry about money. What's the life you would live? You mean uh, Steve Harvey showed it to my door and I won publishing, publishing clearinghouse. Does that guy, does he the one who gives you the check? Is it Steve the Harvey? Check? I don't think so. I think it's somebody else that gives you the check. Is that still right. a thing in the States? Do they still do? Yeah, yeah they still do. Right? I don't, really I don't know where that money comes from. I don't know what it is, but publishing clearinghouse. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm put something out to the audience. If you ever know, if, if you know of anyone who's won that big check, please send us a <laughs> message. Cause I, I don't think it, I think it's all fake. I don't believe in any of it. So if you if you know second, third, fourth hand to be like my cousin, sister's brother, auntie, uncle, want to want a publishing clearinghouse check. I want to know about it. So send us a message on our website at he'sabroad.com. Go up there and you can submit. And please tell us if this has actually happened to you. I don't even know what it is. Do they just exist to give away? So they give you five thousand dollars a week forever. Yeah, which is pretty good. 
Someone it's weird. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I've never heard of anyone be like, oh, man, yeah, that's the guy that won the but publishing. to go to your question. Clearinghouse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I want an extreme version of that, is what you're saying. Yes. What would I do? Yeah, what would you do? That's a... That's the thing. I couldn't just sit around and do nothing. It I know was, you. And that's why I'm asking because I think mm-hmm. we're very different. But that's but what I mean by me, that is yeah. it's not so much explicitly the the means of doing nothing. It's the means of doing what you want, assuming that those things don't hurt anybody. And that's what the 95% of uh, of people that, – that's what, like the 95% of people would, would fall into where they just kind of want – yeah, they want those days of doing nothing. They want to do what they want and – with with little obstacles and most times it's probably not gonna hurt anybody so that's i don't know i was taking it to a different part but what would i do if i had that money i guess um i'd probably do something i'd still want to make games i mean at the end of the day i i like doing what i do the the what the what would be different but the but the actual thing the process i'd um yeah, I'd, I'd still be trying to create things. And yeah, but I'm assuming that, you that's, would just that's create, what I would do. You'd be creating things on the terms that you'd like to create them on, like whole holistically. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be and I would, and if I to, knew, yeah. if I knew I was going to get that much money, I would, I would do all the risky, bizarro shit that that is like, okay, you know, if you if you're gonna do like a risk analysis and you're like, this has a sixty percent success chance, but this has a twenty percent success chance, I'd do the twenty percent one <laughs> just to go completely off the rails. That's that's probably what I'd do if I had unlimited uh, funds. Yeah. Knowing that I would continue to get unlimited funds and take care of the people who would actually be able to create the things that yeah. I would have them create. And we'd all have a good time doing it. Yeah, I just, I personally just think like it would be a mixture of a bunch of stuff. Like I like doing a bunch of stuff personally. Like you know, one day I want to like I'll I'll spend a week and get completely stuck in a crazy project and go all in and do eighty, ninety, a hundred hours. That's the thing. Like I've worked in an industry where I've been trained to do, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety hours worth of work. And imagine how efficient you would be doing that amount of work on different projects at different weeks. And in a way that financially, you could get people to help you when you needed to. And you could, you know, completely ramp down when you're like, all right, I did a hard push. I'm now going to spend the next week kind of chilling out, relaxing, getting getting ready for the next big thing, right? But most jobs don't work that way. Like, there's always something to do when you work for, when you work for a much larger entity, right? There's the, the work never ends. There's always something to do. Yeah. And so when you're working at that level of a pace, it's tough. But being a contractor, that's what's great. You kind of sprint and then you can just completely turn it off <laughs> and then go, okay, I'm going to go stare at a wall for two weeks. And then when I'm done staring at the wall, I'll decide what I want to do next. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, how I'm doing, I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, I guess the other the other changes, I would also travel a lot. If I had that much money, I would basically I'd probably be in a different place every week. Yeah, and that's I, I think I, I would do it in spurts, maybe once a month for me. But yeah, like for sure. Like traveling around, doing stuff and like where you're not like traveling around worrying about like, oh, okay, do I have enough money? Or you know, traveling's expensive. It's a real luxury to most people. And being able to kind of travel and not have that worry, I think you would you would travel to places and stay in and be like, you know, I'm actually gonna stay here for a little longer. 
Um, or, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to exchange my, you know, I'm going to exchange my time here, my time there. You're going to move around and, you know, start helping, you know, I might even take a job in another country, just like, you know, just do it basically for nonprofit or do something else. Right. So like, I'm not afraid of working, like the actual doing the work, isn't the problem. It's determining when and how you need to do that work versus being like, you know what, for a month, I can work for a nonprofit organization in, in some different country and help them out. And then I'm going to get out and I'm going to go do something else. So, yeah. 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 It, oh, and then the other thing I'd do, I'd probably, I'd open up an ice rink across the street from Chelsea Piers and try to put up in a business. <laughs> wow. Show, any, show them how anything it's done. There. Any, anything there you want to dive into? No, they're just, okay. there you go. just kind of. <laughs> You know, it's, it's like they they get it's expensive. They get cocky with their because they're the only game in town. So, you know, they, they, we haven't had scorekeepers for the last. Uh, and they at first they were like, yeah, we can't get people hired. And then it's like, bro, it's been like six months since the league's been back. Still don't have scorekeepers. Nobody wants <laughs> so, to work, man. All the all the all the liberals are just you know the freeloading no, lazy people. They don't want to. They don't, don't want to pay. Work. So I'd pay. I'd, well, pay, then, the score, I'd pay. I'd pay everybody fifty dollars an hour. Because well, that's that's the fun, right? Dollars like, the nobody wants to work like crazy, right? Yeah, that's what's funny. Nobody wants to work, and it's like, well, maybe nobody wants to work for what you're offering them. There's a difference. Yeah, I think exactly. plenty of people would work if what you're offering them, not only compensation wise, but benefits packages and and working environment. I think plenty of people would work when all those things are correct. But I think people are starting to learn. There's a lot of places that I don't actually want to work, and I don't have to work. So I just yeah. spent the last two years, right? We're coming up on two years pandemic wise. Like when, when the world shut down, I think as I kind of decided as like middle of March is when we all knew like, okay, this is going to change everything. We're coming up on two years of this. I know lots of people who are like, you know, I've had two years of not really working and doing stuff. I did. Okay. I'm actually much happier. And there's some people who are the opposite or who are, who are miserable. So it's just real interesting. You're going to see a shift, and some people are going to are going to real thrive from the result of this pandemic, and some people are not. Yep. Yeah. Well, I got a. Normally, I'd give you some choices when we go into some news, but this time, because you mentioned the pandemic, I'm going to jump in with uh, with this story it's from CNN.com. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Oh God, this. Do, is this the worst banner ad ever? But when I jump, just when I go just a little bit past the header, this banner ad just comes down and covers half the page. Okay. This is from, uh, this is like uh, 10 days ago, but here we go. Chinese woman stuck in blind dates house by sudden COVID lockdown. Oh. Yeah. Now this is a journey. So buckle up. <laughs> it was supposed to be a quick get to know you. But a snap COVID lockdown forced a Chinese woman to stay with her blind date at his house for days on end. The 30-year-old woman, identified on her only by her surname Wang, went to meet her blind date for a home-cooked dinner on January 6th in her hometown of Zhangzhou, I guess that's how you say it, a city in central China grappling with a coronavirus outbreak. Quote, I'm getting old now. My family introduced me to 10 matches, end quote, she said in a video on social media, quote, the fifth date wanted to show off the fifth date wanted to show off his cooking skills and invite me over to his house for dinner, end quote. Just when Wang was about to go home after the meal, she found out the whole neighborhood had gone into swift lockdown, she said. 
China regularly seals off communities after COVID infections are detected among residents. These sudden lockdowns, along with mass testing and extensive quarantine, are part of the country's stringent zero COVID strategy to quickly stamp out local outbreaks. Unable to leave, Wang was stuck at her at her date's house for days. She posted videos of her unexpected co-living experience on social media, showing her date <laughs> showing her date cooking meals for her, sweeping the floor, and working on his laptop. The videos quickly went viral with Wang's encounter becoming a top trend topic on Weibo, China's Twitter like platform. All in all, well, I mean, the funny thing is, is like she says, it's just, yeah, she's just showing pictures about the dude. Look at this guy cooking meals, sweeping the floor, working. What are Living you doing? Living his life. Wang? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead here. <clears throat> Wang had returned to Zhangzhou from the southern city of Guangzhou, maybe recently ahead of the Lunar New Year and spent a week meeting potential suitors her family had set up for her. She told state-run news outlet The Paper on Tuesday, quote, during quarantine, I felt that part apart from him being reticent like a wooden mannequin, everything else about him is pretty good. He cooks, cleans the house, and works. Although his cooking isn't very good, he's still willing to spend time in the kitchen. I think that's great. End quote. She's on the paper. <laughs> in Wang's video, in Wang's videos, her date is seen serving stir-fry meals such as tomato and scrambled eggs, a popular dish in China. Uh, mm. <laughs> like, is that an omelet? It's kind of... I mean, scrambled eggs it. and tomatoes. I don't... That's a... That's a so, but you put tomatoes in scrambled eggs, so you have an but omelet. It's not an omelet. The omelet is the whole folding of things. So it's not uh, an omelet. But yeah. Huh. Wang said in, in a post Monday that she had hidden her original video from her account after it went viral. Quote, right now I'm still at the man's house. He's an inarticulate, <laughs> honest person, and he doesn't talk much. After my video became trending, some friends started calling him. I think it has affected his life. That's why I removed it. End quote. She said. Quote, thanks for everyone for your attention. I hope the pandemic will end soon and that single girls can find a relationship soon. End quote. <laughs> That's a good wish for the world, I guess. As of Thursday, it is unclear whether Wang is still living at her date's house. Zhangzhou, capital of Henan province, has reported more than 100 COVID-19 cases in its ongoing outbreak. Authorities, you call those numbers? Authorities on Tuesday shut all non-essential businesses such as a beauty, such as beauty salons, banned dine-in restaurants, and suspended bus and taxis in higher risk areas. I'm not, I, I'm not going to lie. It's, this, this story kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and not because some these people were being stuck in their home, but because of this line where she says he's an inarticulate honest person yeah. and he doesn't talk much yeah i was gonna say and like she's also shitting like, on his cooking it's like dude i was gonna i was gonna say like this dude <laughs> let this woman and look maybe the law forced this right that said you have to stay where you are you can't leave but right i'm sure that if this guy was so uncomfortable with this just like if a woman was so uncomfortable with the situation that she was in that they'd be able to leave and the government would have to understand look, i'm just traveling back to my house because I was in this situation, but it seems like she willingly stayed here just so she can, what, get a, get social media feed in, uh, content off of this poor guy who seems to be no, living his life? No, she got stuck. She couldn't. She couldn't leave. Right. But, but, but that's my thing, though. Like, I think you can always leave. And you're not, you're in a communist country. Yeah. You're in a, you're in a dictatorship. The problem, they can, they can right? do whatever but, they want. But still, the fact that she felt the need to kind of just to to poke at this dude who seems to be living his life, <laughs> he's like, "Well, I I'm gonna be on my laptop, 
I'm going to cook some food. You want something? Like, he could have been like, nah, like, cook your own food. I don't, well, yeah. this isn't going to last. Cook your own food. Sweep your, you know, whatever. Do what you need to do. And then the minute this is, this is over, you need to get out of my house. He didn't do yeah. that. He was a great host. And she kind yeah. of, uh, and I think she kind of realizes this, but I think she kind of trashed him a little bit. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it was just kind of rude. You're like, all right, this guy's trying to make the best out of a bad situation and you're, and you're exploiting. He's, he, now he's, He's forcibly welcoming you into his home, but it seems like, you know, he's like she said, he's cooking for you. He's cleaning up. He's doing his thing. Where's the video of your contributions? You know, just yeah, because like she's just because you don't want to like, hey, how about I yeah. help you out with some of this food? And I'm not Nothing. saying you have to you have to enter a relationship with the guy at that point. You can say, hey, look, I, this isn't going to go anywhere romantically, but hey, let's just let's just be cool and we'll be buds. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if he's such a shitty cook, why don't you cook yourself? Well, or or help him, right? That's a good that's a good learning opportunity. It says, "Hey, look, this tomato time. and eggs thing. I, th- I think he should make it this way," and then you help him out. And if he's receptive to it, he might actually go, "Well, great. Look at this. This is a potential wife. She's helping me. We're doing things together. You know, this relationship could have blossomed." And said, "It kind of feels like she sat there with it with her phone filming him when he's trying to live his life. That's what it felt like, based on what you read." Like, oh, I was sitting there and I took out my phone and he was sweeping the floor and on his laptop and, and cooking food. Like, what were you doing sitting there on your phone the whole time? Yeah, making fun of me. Yeah. Okay, so tomato tomato and egg stir fry is definitely a thing in China. I'm sure it is. It's literally, it? it's exactly what the description says. <laughs> you scramble the eggs. You and then you them. stir fry in some tomatoes, some chopped tomatoes. Looks like sometimes people add some uh, some scallions in there because why not? Scallions always show up. Yeah. You always got to make an appearance. Yeah. China's still going for that zero COVID. Um, I don't know if Even they realize. Even we stopped but that. Even we were like, like, look, the, like New Zealand's plan is going to get real dicey soon because we are starting to get Omicron cases pop up in the community. <laughs> cool. And the solution seems to be like. Eh, if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be able to do anything. But if you are, then just no groups more than 100 people. And everyone's yeah. like, is that the plan? And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Even though like people who are vaccinated are catching Omicron and getting sick. Now, again, the whole point of the vaccine was to not die. Right? right. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, and it's working. Because you can still catch it. You can still mm-hmm. feel symptoms of it. But the vaccine is going to make sure that you don't, for the most part, it's going to make sure that you don't end up in the hospital and you don't die. Yep. That was the point of taking the vaccine. It wasn't a cure. It was protection. So we're still going to catch this thing. And New Zealand has been like, yeah, we kind of decided you're going to catch it. So it sucks. And I know you don't want to lose your taste, but, you know, this might be what happens. This might be how we get through this. Pass it through everybody and we're done. So we'll see. And China's like, no, no COVID. It's like y'all started this thing as a <laughs> yeah. col- as a as a collective Wuhan laboratory or random animal eating, and <sighs> they still think they can get rid of it. I hope they can. I think it'd be cool if you know a con- the largest country in the world can actually do this because they can basically tell people to stay inside by force, and us Western society, yeah, freedom. So, <laughs> yeah. Pretty freedom much. means you're gonna be free to catch the ro- the the Rona. So here's what it is. Well, if it's funny, if you look at the cases in New York now, it's like we hit our peak and it's clearly coming down. It's kind of wild if you look at the New York City count. Yeah, and the the chart is just going. It's just nosediving. 
it seems like it's kind of finally hit that um you know that that critical point and then yeah i mean but they all they all kind of said us. this like we could have done this yeah this was just gonna happen yeah exactly yeah like we could have done this last a couple years ago it would yeah. we would have killed a bunch of people it would have been way right? worse it would have yeah. been way worse just because of the loss of life but we, we could have just been like oh we're not gonna do anything so you know yeah yeah it's gonna die well, with vaccines therapeutics all the other stuff it's like uh, you know Risk is going to be there. And as always, right, they said the number of people, I think they said the people over the age, this might be a New Zealand stat, like something like 90% of the deaths have been people over the age of like 75 and older. I think that might even be a global stat. Like they always said this affects older people. Mm -hmm. And so like that's, again, I I get some of the discontent out there about having to stop your life for this thing. But we were trying to make sure that, you know, parents and grandparents didn't die because they caught COVID. It was just about preserving life. That's always been the goal. So, and now, uh, now they could all be vaccinated. So do that. Yeah. And then, uh, yep. let's get on. You won't die. You might catch it, but you just won't die. Yeah. So or get seriously that's pretty sick. Good, that's a pretty good trade off. So, uh huh. Yeah. You might have a sore arm for a couple of days. Sorry. Big Dolly Parton for that. All right. So I got two other stories here. One is about, uh, it involves vegans and one involves, uh, Pokemon. Mm hmm. Uh, you choose at this point. Just feed me stories. Keep going. All right, here we go. Let's talk about this Pokemon thing because that's the order on my uh, in my tabs here. Reading from Nintendo Everything, which is a okay. Nintendo blog that I that you get all the news. They report everything. But here we go. Literally, police officer fired after ignoring robbery and trying to catch Snorlax in Pokemon Go. Oh wow, <laughs> bruh. L.A. L.A. police officers Louis Lozano and Eric Mitchell will have been have been fired for willfully for, quote, willfully abdicating their duty to assist a commanding officer's response to a robbery in progress and playing a Pokemon mobile game while on duty. End quote. That game is, of course, Pokemon Go. It all all sorts of bizarre and crazy stories have come about relating to the mobile experience since it launched in 2016 but we haven't quite seen something on this level. Although this story is making the rounds today, the incident is, the incident actually took place in April 2017. Mitchell and Lozano had, had received a phone call from the patrol officer to respond to a robbery at the Macy's at, at LA Crenshaw Mall, I yep. guess. Yeah. Dis- despite being nearby, the two did not respond, instead backing down an alley and driving away. Video and audio evidence led to Mitchell and Lozano being fired from their positions. It turns out that they talked about responding to a, to the robbery, but opted not to. Just a few <laughs> moments later, they noticed that Snorlax had appeared in Pokemon Go and decided to try to c- try capturing the creature. <laughs> Below are some experts from official court documents. Quote, for approximately the next 20 minutes, the in-car monitoring system captured Mitchell and Lozano discussing Pokemon as they drove to different locations where they where the virtual creatures ex- apparently appeared on their mobile phones. On their way to the Snorlax location, Officer Mitchell alerted Officer Lozano that a Togetic, I guess that's another Pokemon, just popped up. After Mitchell apparently caught the Snorlax, exclaiming, got him, Petitioners, petitioners agreed to go get the Togetic and drove off. End quote. 
Unfortunately, Mitchell and Lozano made matters worse by lying. Not only did they say they were only capturing images of Pokemon and weren't playing a game, but also claimed that Pokemon Go was more of a social media event that was not advertised as a game. However, eventually Mitchell and Lozano acknowledged that they were pursuing the Snorlax since they wanted to chase, (laughs) to quote, chase this mythical creature and quote, Mitchell and Lozano were fired, but we're looking but we're looking to appeal the decision. They lost their case this past Friday. <laughs> wow. So they've been waiting for four years almost to get a decision. Because, yeah. yeah, I was going to say Pokemon Go is, I'm sure people still play it. It's not oh, it's still enormous. The, yeah. It's but, still but, but enormous. But it's not, it's not literally the, the, uh, the, to the enormous. I got to stop saying literally. Um, there, it's not, it's not to the, the, the level of fever amongst common people, myself included. Because sure. I downloaded it and was like, well, this is kind of dumb. We were in Japan people, when it came but, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But people are still playing it. Like you're right, it's still a giant game, but not to the level that it was. Which is no, like, not in know. the not in the social consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is I mean, crazy shit. I mean, this is pretty obvious. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you shouldn't be shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be trying to catch Pokemon when your job is to catch bad guys. This is but why I, I totally see, see that conversation and be like, hey, man, there's a robbery in progress. Somebody else got that. Let's go catch this Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> be like, no, nah, no, nah, someone else. Don't worry, man. Someone else will take that call. Don't worry about yeah, it. Someone they need else will backup. Keep they don't need to actually need somebody to do the thing. They just need backup. Yeah. That's fine. Backup's yeah. like Yeah, you optional. need backup. I mean, somebody else will back them up. I'm not. I didn't say, hey, car 387 is, is you know, is in, is in pursuit or on the way. Yeah, like, say we, need somebody, right. we need somebody to breach this place. It's like, no, we need. No, just back up. Someone to look up, watch our back. Like this, there's yeah. plenty of other people who can do that. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, we got a Snorlax to catch and a Toga Tick. I don't know what a Toga Tick is. What is a Toga Tick? T o g a t i c k t i c k. No, T o uh, just a C. Oh no, that's I'll, right. That's like it. a cute oh, little okay. thing. I feel like yeah. I've seen this before. I've seen this little thing before. I don't know if I've, I've seen. I feel this like thing I've before. seen the one in the in the shell. The one that's the got like shell. its arms poking out of a shell, and then it becomes this thing. Like I think oh. that's the I think that's the right the what's it, what's it called the the transformation of the Pokemon. Uh, yeah, it goes from a Togepi. They evolve to a Togepi. Well, Is that how it works? Oh yeah, that is evolve. I mean, how, we should know this. <laughs> I've I never enough. I've never played a lot of Pokemon. I did. I I, it was not my I had jam. A year of hardcore Pokemon in eighth grade. A year yep. of it was all I did was play that game. I'm sure I told the story here, but when when Pokemon was first coming out, Nintendo was hyping up this thing in Nintendo Power, and they were like, Pokemon are coming, new franchise. And I was like, nice. I love Mario. I love Zelda. I love Donkey Kong. I'm like, bring it on. Bring on Pokemon. And then they sent me this VHS, and it was an anime of the Pokemon. I was like, what is this? I'm confused, but okay. And then the game comes out, and... It was like a turn-based fighting game, and I was like, "This is stupid." Yeah, because you. This is dumb. That was. I I did not appreciate turn-based games. I didn't appreciate turn-based games until maybe what is it? How old am I now? I don't know. Basically, like at least ten years ago. Wow, I didn't appreciate turn-based games until my. That's why that's my favorite genre is because of Pokemon and because of Final Fantasy was a bit of a turn-based game. Oh, it was always Um, yeah. Mm Yeah, yeah now so like, I, I, I was. I've always been battle. a turn-based game fan, always. Um, and so yeah, like I played that game nonstop to the point that my grades were affected, and I got in trouble, and someone no took boy. away my my Game Boy because of, rude. Yeah, because of Pokemon. 
<laughs> I remember this. And then and then they lost my Game Boy. Whoa. And then I was like, wait a minute. I I, I recovered. My grades are great. Where's my Game yeah. Boy? Oh, oh I gotta find and then she's like and then my mom told me years later I didn't know where it was. I lost it. I, I forgot where I put it. And then she it became my fault. One? No, what? because it was my fault in the first place. Because I was uh, the one that was doing no. bad in school. Yeah, right, no. right? That's <laughs> the no. things parents do. Two wrongs don't make a right. That's not how it works. You did the so time. So if I remember correctly, I think at the time I was I was refing hockey games. So oh, I'm pretty okay. sure I saved up my money after a bunch. Because I used to get paid like 20 bucks a game. It might have been less than that. It might have been like 15 bucks a game. So I remember I refed a bunch of games and bought my new Game Boy. And when I was allowed to and had my Pokemon, um, if I remember correctly, my mom said, where's the Game Boy? And at the time, right, I was I was one of these kids, right? I switched out the cartridge of another game and kept the game, kept the Pokemon cartridge with me because I was like, okay. I can't, I can't, I can't give up the cartridge. So right, I go to school, I, I borrow a Game Boy. I go, I don't need your game. So let me borrow your Game Boy. Got my own game. Yeah. Right. So the memory stuff was on the cartridge. So I could still play. If I remember as well, Super Nintendo had a Game Boy attachment. Yes, it did. The Super Game Boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend that had a Super Game Boy, so I let you borrow my Super Game Boy. So I was smart. I didn't stop. My, I, I caught every, I caught all 151 of them. I think I was the first person in school to catch all 151. We used to have battles at school. It was great. Look at you. Always the little Nintendo cable. And we did that for all of eighth grade. And then ninth grade came along and dead. <laughs> Never talked about Pokemon again. And then, and then you're after the ladies. I went to all boys school. <laughs> so, okay. So, so after the after the men. That's right. After after <laughs> I was after I, the after the trying age. to trying to not get in trouble. <laughs> that's what I was doing. I was just showing up, trying to get out. Yeah. That was it. All right. So yeah, that's my Fair that's enough. my Pokemon store. <laughs> Red or blue? Red. Okay. I can see that. Red. Because I was all of I mean it's all about Charizard, right? Yeah, the, the dragon shoots fire. Even though I would argue now the turtle with the water pistol is cooler. But at the time... I, that's a thing? That's a Pokemon? There's one with the water pistols? Yeah, what's the name? The, the big turtle. The turtle that had the big cannons on its back. Starter uh, Pokemon. Uh, on red and blue. Right? It was the lizard. And it was the plant one. The real lame plant one. Bulbasaur. Oh, okay. It turned into sure. the big, the big one. And then there was, yeah, it's the turtle, Squirtle. Oh, okay. And then sure. Squirtle turned into this big, the, the what's this dude's name? The big water cannons on his shell. You say so. I believe you. I'm really, like, you're, you're such an interesting game person. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, Pokemon is a foreign concept to you. I, is, it's is, not is, a foreign concept. It's to me. It's like the most so- popular game I would argue I is that is that one of Nintendo's most popular fran- I mean I know I know Legend of Zelda has to be the most popular franchise of no, all time. No. Zelda's not. Pokémon's more popular than Zelda. Is it? Okay, yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So the most popular I would assume it's the most popular franchise of all time, right? No, I think um Minecraft is still the highest selling game of all time. No, 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 for far, Nintendo. Me... Nintendo properties. Oh, Even though I know game. I know Nintendo doesn't make the game, but still, it's it's a Nintendo they they own full publishing rights, right? games yeah so let's see here um mario brothers it's mario and then uh pokemon okay well it's which again but Mar- mario was originator right he's one of the original ones so makes sense but pokemon i mean that i mean there's a cartoon show that people watched who know Do nothing you know about that know nothing about the game 
Do you know um, how many um, how many copies of Minecraft have been sold? I'm looking at this number now, and it's it's, it's probably an insane amount. It's probably it's, a, it's, it's probably billions. It's probably like four, like three. How many people? There's six billion people on there's Earth. Billion. I'm gonna it's say not, I'm gonna tell you this. It's not a billion. All right, I'm just oh, gonna okay. save you from making you look silly. Wow, <laughs> Jesus! Wow, don't don't be mean. Be rude. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Squirtle goes into War Turtle. Which is a great name, okay. by the way. For just glad we solved that problem. And then it goes to Blastoise. Blastoise is the final evolution of, of a Squirtle. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. So what do you think? Um, How many people bought uh, Minecraft? I don't know. Like like 100 million. 238 million. Yeah, a lot of people. In second place, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. I, and I, it's like, that was and it's my... not even... Close yeah. because that sold a. I mean, it's still insane, 155 million, but still. I mean, did Grand Theft Auto sell like 50 million on release week? It was an insane uh, number. I remember reading million, that being like it they made, just it made, made like a more, billion dollars. It made yeah, like they made oh, more money than every in, a, in like a in, day. Yeah, yeah, like it's like oh, you know, uh, Avengers Endgame is the most watched movie of all time by like a billion. Or whatever, or it grossed a billion dollars, or whatever the amount is, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Grand Theft Auto did that in a week. <laughs> yeah. So as far as franchises go, I'm looking at this list: at least a hundred million copies sold. Mario, Tetris, Call of Duty, Super Mario. I guess they. Okay, so Mario at the top with 767 million in sales. Tetris with 495. Call of Duty 400 million. Super Mario. I don't know why that's separate, but that's different system, right? Different Pokemon, system. Pokemon's next, three hundred eighty million units. Which Pokemon? The original Pokemon, Red Blue? No, that's that's for franchise sales. Oh, uh, franchises. Okay. Which I mean, Which they've had still, a lot of Pokemon games, though. They've had a lot. Yeah. So the, it, to answer your question, the original question, it's number two behind Mario and Nintendo's stable, but also it's been around for like fifteen less years. Yeah, let's say Pokemon came out in ninety eight, right? Ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety six, ninety six. Okay, ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. And Mario debuted in eighty one. Eighty. Yeah. Japan. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would argue that probably over time, Pokemon is still. I know, I know, people still like Mario, but Pokemon still has that. I mean, they're still releasing games, and I'd argue, I, I made fun of the Nintendo week. Switch version. It comes out in a week. There's a new one. The uh, it's like an open world Breath of the Wild meets Pokemon game that comes really? out next week. It's called Arceus. Pokemon Arceus. Well, no idea name. If it's going to be good. Why? Because it sounds like ass. <laughs> I I mean. It seems complicated. It's Pokemon Legends Arceus. And what do you and do? Then, you walk around in it? Yeah, you walk around. It's like it takes place. It's like um, it's a prequel to all the Pokemon games. So it's before, I guess, oh, this things were. the world game. I'm just looking at images of this. this yeah, you roam the world. You see some Pokemans. You throw balls at them. And then uh, you got to go pick up your ball. That was the funniest part of the demo. They were like, they showed gameplay. And I was like, well, this gameplay has always kind of looked like crap. So. I like I, Game Freaks never really been known for their technical prowess, um, but I'm like, all right, whatever. I mean, if the game's good. It's good. But I just thought, are you going to throw a Pokemon, a Pokeball and the concept of throwing a thing that doesn't come back is like, are they going to make you run and pick this thing back up after you throw it? And yep, they sure do. Really? It doesn't like come. Yeah, I guess you always did have to go pick it up, right? Once you catch it, <laughs> like, you had to go run and pick it up. It's pretty damn funny to me. It's like you throw this ball. It's like, what did you miss? Oh, you got to go get it. Oh. Well, this ball with all Damn. this technology in it as well, right? Like, to yeah. think that the ball can't return to you like a drone. The thing opens up. 
and sucks a creature in. Like, like imagine if we actually had real Pokeballs. Like, you can throw it at a dog, and it just sucks the dog in. Oh and then God. if the dog is real agitated, it breaks out, and you got to do it again. I mean, the idea of transporting, like, a giant dog and have it so you could have a pet with you wherever you want. Like, it would make travel much easier. Yeah, you just put right? them in the ball. But that's bring, the thing, I'm, right? I'm then you have my, some. I'm going to bring my Doberman. I'm just going to throw the, the whole, ball. And have the, whole <laughs> theme of, the whole theme of the Pokemon cartoon show was that Pikachu didn't like being in the Pokeball. He wouldn't go in. And it's like, well, you're supposed to live here, Pikachu. And Pikachu's like, no, I'm not going. You're not, you're not sucking me into that thing. And so that's why that's why he became an option because he wasn't one of the three starter Pokemon in the game. So that's the oh. premise of why Pikachu is in that. I mean, obviously because he's an adorable electric rat. But outside of that, he didn't like being in the ball. <laughs> you know what? I don't blame him. Gets sucked up into this weird technology that then some yeah. guy puts in his pocket. <laughs> well, the, the, the Arceus thing is going to be interesting because this is probably one of the bigger departures of the series in a while. And yeah, it comes out in less than a week from time recording. It comes out Friday. Huh. And no indication of any previews, hands-on, anything, which is usually a can be a bad, concerning sign. but a bad sign. Just like a movie, right? No one, you you don't hear about the movie until the day it comes out. It's a terrible movie. (laughs) If it's good, there is no embargo. They want you to talk about it if it's good. They're like, oh, we got a hit. Talk about it. Talk about it. If it's bad, no, you can't talk about it until uh, until the embargo is lifted on Thursday night. (laughs) Yeah. So it could it could also just be one of those things where I'm not I'm not in those circles, so I'm not seeing the I'm not in those circles about it. Well, you know, they target. I can use a very extreme example where a Tyler Perry movie comes out and it's number one in theaters. And it's like, well, of course they're not. I'm not going to be hit with any of that marketing for a Tyler Perry movie. But somehow people knew it came out to the point where it makes like $30 million <laughs> in a weekend. Like that's that's what I'm saying. That's the extreme example of this. <laughs> wow, that is really extreme. It's very extreme. But it's a good example. It, it, it illustrates what I'm trying to say, right? I'm, I'm watching this gameplay. And yeah, it is. Like you said, you got to go run. You're throwing balls at, at these people. You got to go pick it up. <laughs> But it's weird. I don't know. Do you do you even fight them? Like it seems like it's kind of like that Pokemon Snap game. No, there is there is a turn based combat as well. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a like a less detailed Breath of the Wild. Is what it looks like. Yeah, like I said, they've never been not as much time has been put into this as Breath of the Wild was. Right, like that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, but Mm. I mean, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? Or it'll suck. I mean, look, you'll know in a week. You gonna play it? Yeah, I haven't gonna, played a Pokemon. You want to tap game. into your? Uh... I haven't played a Pokemon game since Red. Since Red, like I feel like my my love affair with Pokemon it lasted for as long as it did. It was a it was a torrid affair, and it's over. So you don't have any interest in going back. You're not going to give this a try. Not really? No, there's other turn based. Has... I got to go play Shimagami Tensei. <laughs> I got to go play oh that game that I said I was going to this... play over the break and didn't touch. So I got to go do that first, and that will take me 150 hours apparently. So I mean, I'll talk about Shimagami Tensei later, but the because if <laughs> the way that's going though, I may end up picking this game just to be like 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 a safety blanket for that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go play the other game on hard, and it'd take me the rest of my life. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I got one more story here. Um, this is going to be a fu- this is interesting. Okay, reading from local12.com from Cincinnati. Um, I don't even want to read the headline. I just want to see if this gets into it with the story. Okay, a woman claims that she pressed charges against her roommate after she switched her typical food out with vegan alternatives, leading to disastrous <laughs> consequences. 
this is uh, as you'll see, this is a uh, this is a story to derived fair, from Reddit. To be fair, to be mm-hmm. fair, this happens all the time the opposite way as well. Just FYI, where oh, you're gonna there's, there's is, young is people, a... young people who want to become vegans, and their parents sure. are like, "You can eat fish still, right?" And they're like, "No." You can eat cheese still, right? No. And their parents try to sneak meat into meals and things. This happens all the time, both directions. But yes, keep reading. Yeah, I've often thought about that. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's it sucks if you're if you're. I mean, look, and this is is at that point you're just a shitty parent. Well, I mean, that happens a lot where people like, well, you're going to tell me now I've got to cook special food for you, and I can't. I mean, some people go real militant with the vegan stuff, right? Like, hey, your 15 year old daughter becomes a vegan. Or your 15-year-old mm-hmm. son comes a vegan and goes, hey, I can't eat with any of the pans you cook with because you cook them in meat. Let's say get over it. Exa- well, that makes you a terrible parent. When they go, well, no, I no, can't get over it. I'd say it. that I'm that's an extreme buy- example. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to be like, well, screw you. I'm only serving beef ragu tonight, and you got to pick out the meat. Yeah. I, or, or, hey, yeah, yeah, we made a vegan version for you, but they didn't. You're telling me you're not going to use a pan that I've used because that, that's of, too extreme. That's of, messed up. That's of, like... But what, there's a lot of people now? that, but there's, there's a lot kitchen? of people, but that's kind of my point, right? Like you could say the kosher rules are just as extreme. They are. They're stupid. Yeah. I throw that kid out. If you went kosher, I'd throw them out. <laughs> but this is the, this is the You're not going to do that shit under my roof. In, not in, in my in, house. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, look at this. Look at you're, 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 you're living the, you're living the example of, well, you should eat my way. And some people go, well, I don't want to eat your way. I want to eat this way. And then it starts like this. So please continue the story. Cause I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's someone who is. Too extreme on what on the other side, switching out meat for someone who who can eat who is happy to eat meat. So yeah. So the story was posted on Reddit, of course, as, as all great stories are. Of course. It and is. the author says she was looking for a replacement roommate after one of hers moved out. She says she met a girl named Erin who said she was a vegetarian, but that it wasn't a problem if her roommates weren't. A day after she moved in, Erin apparently said, whoops, she wanted to do something nice and cooked pancakes, bacon strips, and hash browns. The woman says she had some severe allergies, but didn't mention them when she asked what was in the food. Quote, she told me it was regular bacon, not that it was fake bacon or that it had soy, end quote, the post reads. After she, after she says she took a few bites and something tasted off, Aaron apparently revealed the switch. Quote, at this point, she does a ta-da and smugly told us, I bet it tastes exactly like meat, end quote, she wrote. The author says she then began panicking because she is highly allergic to soy. She says Aaron began apologizing, but she was already going into anaphylactic shock. It continues on to say that the cost of her stay of her stay. Oh, wait, sorry. There's a quote here. Throat closing up dizziness. The works. The post reads my best friend freaks out and calls an ambulance. I had to stay in the hospital for two days. It continues on to say that the cost of her stay was expensive and that she filed a complaint with the police because, (laughs) yeah, exactly, because food tampering is a felony. Food tampering laws vary from state to state. However, according to the Department of Justice, to be convicted of food tampering, it must be done, quote, with reckless disregard for the risk that that another person will be placed in danger of death or bodily injury, end quote. The woman says that her friend had luckily filmed the incident and Aaron had to plead guilty to a low degree felony, receiving community service instead of wow. jail time. She had to commit she to, a, a, to a felony yeah. period. So she's a felon. Wow. Yeah. She <laughs> ad- Well, uh, you know, lower felon. She adds that she also ended up suing Aaron for compensation for her hospital fees and won that case as well, leading Aaron to have her college scholarship canceled and go into debt. 
in the comments, she specifically she specified that she initially asked her directly to pay her hospital bill, but Aaron apparently refused. Quote, I know she is the asshole for lying about food. I want to know whether I am the asshole for everything I did after, end quote. The story concludes, quote, because bottom line is I basically screwed a person's life because they put wrong ingredients on breakfast that 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 they made only to do something nice, end quote. And of course, this is from obviously from the am I the asshole subreddit. Yeah, like I would say you shouldn't switch out people's food. Or tell them that it is one thing that it isn't because you never know yeah. someone's allergies. So when someone says, hey, what is this? You should be you honest. <laughs> and trying to do things for surprises of, see, you didn't even know. Like, it's just don't mess with people's food. Like, period. Like, if you're a vegan, be like, look, I can't eat meat. And don't be like, oh, well, here, oh, yeah, 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 this is vegan. Ha ha, wink, wink. Just be like, well, look, there's meat in this. And, I mean, I can try to make something else or we can order something for you. Like, sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. Um, I'll get you something else. Like that should be pretty common decency to not mess with people's food. Period. Yep. Like should be like a, one of the golden rules. Like be kind and don't mess with people's food. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the question: Is the punishment befitting of the crime? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I mean, it's a pretty serious punishment. She's she's got a felony, and sure, she had to do community stuff. But I mean, that, that, that's and she's like, in debt now after paying the hospital I, I mean, bill. That's, I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, I think there's grave damage done for, the, you know, recording it and doing all this social media nonsense of trying to be like, see, this is what happens when a meat eater eats eats fake meat or whatever. Like, it's that nonsense versus just trying to feed. Like, if you're going to do something nice for somebody, don't lie to them and tell them that it is one thing, but it's something different. So, yeah, I think she deserves I mean, like, it's rough. She got a felony, but it's not that it's undeserved. She deserves that felony. And same thing on the opposite side of someone who's who's who who eats meat tries to serve someone who's vegan something with meat in it and lie to them and tell them that it's not and they get sick then yeah there should be consequence for it don't mess with people's food period yeah and and vegans don't be so damn smug and meat eaters don't be so damn smug everybody stop being so smug about the food choices you eat eat what you want to eat and be done with it exactly you know i got a bunch of ube shit that should be uh that's going to be delivered today i'm pretty excited what's ube i have no idea what that is ube is like a purple sweet potato Oh yeah. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bunch of purple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Haven't done it yet, but I'll report back um, next time we record because I'm excited. I don't really know exactly what it is, but it it looks cool. It's purple. I love purple. Purple's my favorite color. Is it? Yeah. The secondary colors all in the all in the running. Purple, orange, green. Those are the best. Yeah. So makes sense. I could pair like purple stuff with matcha stuff and then i get purple and green and then i don't, I don't know what i get with the orange i need to just like stick a carrot in the middle and you got all three <laughs> sure <laughs> sounds sounds horrific but go for it <laughs> it was some sort of like abomination snowman yeah, that's right gross. abomination snowman not abominable abomination completely different yeah as far as the severity of the crime it seems like a lot uh but yeah, you gotta. You messed up. What are you gonna do? You should at yeah. this point you make good. We didn't need to bring the courts into this. You were on and the losing end jail. of the stick. Yeah, no. she didn't go to jail. No, like she she had to do some community service. I think that's all right. Yeah. She probably got to help animals or do something that she actually wanted to do. So there you go, community service. Yeah, right, soy, I think community service, they, they they make you do what I mean. Just allergies in general, like you shouldn't. 
you shouldn't play like people like who have peanut allergies and stuff like extremely extremely sick like you shouldn't like if someone has a nut allergy you shouldn't go oh yeah there's no nuts in it huh wink wink let's find out if you're really allergic like just don't don't stop messing with people's food yeah yeah it's a slippery slope slippery slope well I don't have anything politically to talk about. There's, um, I guess we're about to go to war with Russia. That's cool. Um, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> the, I don't know why about the, it. I mean, look, I mean, financially, right? We're going to hit some tough times in the next couple of months because finally someone's like, huh, inflation thing's a problem, huh? <laughs> like, we got to fix this, I guess. Like, all the, all the stuff we've been giving out, see what happens and so people are pulling their money out of all sorts of markets whether it's stock markets asset markets cryptocurrency markets everything's getting crushed and it's going to be that way for a while so it's what it is what does that do with the uh i think i think i was having this discussion last night with you i -hmm. think the democrats are in real trouble you know i would say everything's a pendulum right Oh, it's gonna Trump was a real hard swing the other way. I think because we swung so hard, and I say we because I voted for Joe Biden, we swung so hard to just get Trump out, get him out, and then oh, thank God he's gone. I can go on with my life. The other side hasn't forgotten. <laughs> the well, other no. side has spent the last year, you know, being more fueled than ever, and. Joe hadn't done enough. Joe, you hear Joe talk, it doesn't inspire me with confidence that he's really got this situation. And I'm assuming some people are about to feel some real pain. And sure, a lot of it is Trump's fault. A lot of it is the fault of the previous party, and he's going to feel that. But mm, I I think there's going to be record number of Democrat losses at the end of 2022. And I think think Trump or whoever is going to take that spot has a really good chance of winning in 2024. Like I would say it should be overwhelming. If there's odds right now, I think the odds of Trump winning, he should be favored to be the next president of the United States. Let's see. Uh, political betting lines. Because his rating is going up. Yeah, probably. And Let's I think see. you were the one that said this. It's because his rating has gone up since he's been off of Twitter. It's one of the yeah. best things that happened to him is him getting off of Twitter. I mean, he lost the election, but long term... Like yeah. his supporters haven't disappeared. They're they're more they're more confident than ever. Trump is number one plus two fifty. Yeah, he's he's got to be favored to be the president. It's nuts and it's terrifying. But we're gonna elect that dude again as our president. It's okay, crazy. here we go. You ready for this? Because this is fun to go down this list. I always like this. This is um this is only from last week. So here we go. Trump plus two fifty. <laughs> Joe Biden plus four fifty. Ron DeSantis. Plus 600. That's the governor of Florida. Kamala Harris, plus 700. Not a, not a chance. She's dead in the water as far as I'm concerned. She yeah. might not even be the next vice president. Nick, Nikki Haley, plus 2,000. So now we're getting into the more unlikely. So yeah. is Pete Buttigieg. Mike Pence, plus 2,500. Michelle yeah, Obama, plus 4,000. Now here's where it gets fun. Because hmm. now you're getting into the plus 5,000s. Okay? And here are the names here. Ready? AOC, Candace Owens, that lunatic, (laughs) Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) Yeah. If he runs for president, (laughs) I think he wins by a landslide. (laughs) Yeah. By a landslide. I bet you he gets 75% of the vote if he runs. Especially if he runs under no party, if he runs as an independent and Mm -hmm. says, look, guys, 
I don't know. I'm the rock. I don't need a party. I'm part of my own party. And we're just going to have good times and spread good vibes, lift weights, eat pancakes, do movies. Let's let's go. Wake up. to 4 a.m. wake-ups. Rise and grind. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to give you tequila. Oh. All right. He He's got a tequila company. Yeah. He wins. He wins. I'm going to sell you tequila the entire time. It turns into idiocracy, but he still might win. Yeah, but he's not. He's he does. I'd trust him more than uh, President Camacho from Idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> for now. But I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of the same guy. You hope that the Rock's a little smarter, but you don't know. You don't know until he becomes president. Yeah, yeah. if he if he runs for president, I think he wins overwhelmingly. Okay. You know what? I lied. I do have a I do have a reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. We're going to talk about M and M's. All right. I just sent you the I just sent you the article. Here we go. And I and I knew what was going to happen because I saw this uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. <laughs> How, this isn't politics. Hold, though. See, this yeah, is... wait, hold the fuck up because it is. Everything is political now, okay, well, including this shit. Because I wow. read this, and the first thing I did, the first thing I did was I looked for the the conservative writing on it and i got nothing but when i woke up this morning what did i find tucker carlson spending time <laughs> talking about this shit so you tell me this isn't political it's fucking political now let's get into it from abc news mars gives m&ms a makeover to promote inclusivity <laughs> candy maker mars is giving make a makeover to its six m&ms characters as a way to promote inclusivity wait a minute m M&M's characters. That's an annoying thing to say out loud. Here we go. The company said that it will provide a modern take on the appearances of the characters, which Mars calls lentils. Really? And give them more nuanced personalities. The lentils, which are featured in red, green, orange, yellow, brown, and blue, will also come in different shapes and sizes. Some of the, I heard a great joke, by the way. It was on, um, (laughs) uh, from uh, Trevor Noah. It was just kind of a throwaway joke where he was like, yeah, M&M's, the only snack where you could say, where the, the only context where you could say, I don't like the brown ones. <laughs> I really wow. appreciate that one. Some of the changes of the M&M's characters include making two of them less stereotypically feminine. In the new version, the, M- the green M&M ditches the high-heeled boots in favor of sneakers, and the brown candy no longer wears stilettos, opting instead for lower heels. Quote, our ambition is to upend the expected breakthrough barriers and discover the little joys shared in everyday life. Imagine a world with less judgment and more connection and consistent laughter. And quote, the company said on its website, Mars, whose brand also includes Twix and Snickers, said that it also will also put emphasis on the ampersand in the M&M's logo to demonstrate how the brand aims to bring people together. The move toward inclusivity and embracing individual differences comes at a time when, yeah, I don't need to read all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and they're also making changes like with the uh, the orange M&M is going to be a more in touch with his anxiety and all these other things. And conservatives are going to lose their mind. I'm going to see. <laughs> why don't you react? And then I'll see if I can find this thing from Tucker Carlson. So you can hear what he says about hey, why he's boy. upset that, I mean, he I, that he doesn't want to fuck the green M&M anymore. I mean, I, Jesus, I think the end <laughs> there, there's a there's a paragraph here that you didn't read um, that I think it sums it up for me. Alan Adamson, co-founder of marketing consultancy Metaphors, says the move to overhaul the character of the M&Ms is a good idea, but it's just an example of how worried marketers are to offend customers. And he believes this step is on the verge of potential overthink. So that's where I am, where I think it's a good idea. 
I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think anytime you can you can get inclusivity, it doesn't hurt anybody really, right? Because it's supposed to be including everyone. Like they're not changing the 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 main two red and yellow Eminem, changing those two. Those two bros are going to stay the same. It's just all the other ancillary characters are going to try to make more, you know, more prominent and a bit more inclusive, which I don't see an issue with. That seems fine to me. All right, here we go. Ready? Um, so yeah, I, I just it's one of those things where it's a bit overthink though when you're kind of coming out and saying that you're doing this is the part of yeah. the problem instead of kind of just doing it like i don't think they needed to announce this at all they could have just done it but yeah, yeah like the potato for, head thing all right here we go listen to this yeah like you don't have to announce it like press release we're being inclusive right don't cancel us guys it, so yep go for it the other big change is that the brown m&m has quote transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels also less sexy that's progress M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's (laughs) the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) What is he talking about? (laughs) You don't don't want to have a drink with the M&Ms anymore. That's from... Wow, was that really like you know what these M and M's? I really love to go. I really like to go on a nice dinner date with the green one. Yeah, like what? This is the highest viewed show at his concert. <laughs> you, millions upon millions of people are watching this. These are the guys who are the same ones that are voting for Trump, and that's what they're hearing. So you tell me this isn't a political story? That's basically following the bit about you know maybe the election was stolen. <laughs> you know, that's where we are. Yeah. And look, I, I I would assume that you agree to some point, obviously not with the Tucker Carlson side, but you agree that this is too, again, for me, it's just the, it's the needing to market and advertise. What do you, what do you want to know? What do you want to know about where I stand on this? I, I, I just think that you, you think that this is all, I mean, I think this has been your theme about most stuff that this is all silly, that it's an Eminem. So why do we assign, like, why is the idea that oh, no, M&Ms this, have gender and stuff in the first place, a big issue at all? Who cares? It's an Eminem is you, is I'm, how I think you feel. Oh, for me, I I just don't care about this at all. You make your brand whatever you want. You, I, it's weird that you're putting an M M&M and M in heels to begin with. That's strange. Well, I mean, it's um, weird that you have M and M's that you that you've added human traits to M and M's in the first place. Right, it's bizarre, but it, but that's the thing. They're mascots. Whatever they evolve, mascots change. I, this did not phase me in any way. But I knew the moment I saw this, I'm like, some po- This is just going to be like they're canceling M and M's now. Like I know. When I go home, when I go, when I go to my, when I see my grandmother next, you're like, did you see what they're doing to the M and M's? That's what she's gonna say. Yeah, yeah. It's looking for things it's to just, be outraged about. Yeah, yeah the, the, it's there's noise, another side of this. It's a distraction. There's another side of the, the crazy thing is there's another side of this that probably thinks it's not far enough. Oh yeah, well those those right. are the loons. But I think too that, little, too late. M and M's. Now yeah. you're like it's there's that side of it as well. That is, if not. It's sometimes, and I would I would argue it's uh, like a lot of the times even more toxic, where it's like you know completely finding things to shame, and so these brands start to freak out that oh god they're gonna cancel M and M's. It's like ain't nobody canceling M and M's. It's an M and M. It'll be fun. There are definitely think pieces written about M and M's. Yeah, here we go from Mike.com. Why is the green M and M so seductive? A look back at the chocolate sexist history. That was written in 2016. 
Yeah, but but that's, that's that before so the election. That's why Trump won because the articles like this are written. So I, for me, I don't really care. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. But it is more pile on noise, and for them to get outright outraged because it doesn't affect anybody. No, but it's just another thing to throw in the fire and be like, this is why the other side's nuts because they want to they want to desexify your M and M's. Like, why were they sex? And my thing is, it's like, well, why were they sexified in the first place? But it's the fact that they're taking something away or they're changing something versus being like, you know what? This has always been a little weird. <laughs> well, that's it, when you have. Well, think about it like this, right? You're starting off with a bunch of just spheres. Like you're starting off with a bunch of pellets. Like that's your baseline. So you have to if you want to apply gender, be like, well, that's the that's the man and that's the woman candy. Then you have to over exaggerate in certain areas. And in some cases, they probably like, what, well, whatever, you know, she's a woman, she's wearing heels. So you know that that's a lady. That's a lady m M&M. and And when she talks, that's a lady. It's not like they came out and said, yeah, the blues are trans now. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't go that far, but maybe they will. And even then I won't care because it's still candy. Does the candy still taste good? Great. Are peanut m and still the best? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I agree. I agree. But yeah, peanut I, butter's I, pretty I think, good, but it's, it's just, uh, I think trying to remove I, I and I would just argue that there's there's a bit of an issue of trying to remove sexuality from everything. I think that brings on more issues because right. there's plenty of there's plenty of of women and men who identify and relate to the green M M&M, M the yep. way that it was. Maybe, maybe someone's like, "Hey, I'm 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 short, round, I'm and sexy, green and wear high I'm heels, sexy too. and now and I wear now heels, I, and you know, yeah. I, this is it's how I want to live. Everyone doesn't want to to." be you know some people enjoy that side of life and so to pretend that it doesn't exist is a problem in its own right that i'm sure someone will write a think piece on and again i think a lot of this stuff is we just ping pong back and forth so people have stuff to write about but we're like we're mm-hmm. kind of creating news like we're not actually reporting news we're kind of just creating stuff which i think is a bigger issue long term because it's like we bring up issues so people right there's more writers than ever now where before we used to go to like the same like let's say 20 newspapers to get all of our information and it was like a real vaunted like vetted job of i'm a newspaper reporter now everyone and their mother is a reporter because of twitter so some of this stuff is just i'm a reporter so i need to report stuff and like there's nothing actually happening so people just want to comment and add commentary to every single story that then someone else writes a story about this about the commentary on the story and then it turns into this big cycle of just we're reporting news to each other that isn't news yeah I was actually just going to try to get into Facebook and see if I saw the usual suspects of those guys writing about it, but I'm being hit with two two factor authoriz- authorization, so I'm not going to do that because Facebook's two FA sucks, um, and that'll take forever, and I I'll just be distracted. So yeah, at the end of the day, brands constantly reinvent themselves. They'll yes, make a new logo, and this is just another one of the things where they don't I really mean, they need to say anything. Mr. Peanut, it, right? I mean, they Brit- killed him. Brit- Britney's husband killed Mr. Peanut. Yeah, they killed Mr. Specifically, Peanut. Specifically, that Did guy. Mr. Peanut need to die? <laughs> no. But brands reinvent themselves all the time. It's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny that I, that I know the guy who killed Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah. Gilman. I was like, why would you kill Mr. Peanut? It's like, well, because we needed to move on. Because now, now we got a baby nut and it's adorable. Yeah. But that's the thing is if they just said, hey, we got a new design of the characters and they didn't say anything. 
they didn't say, yeah, it, it, nobody would have noticed. The fact no that they had to say, cares. yeah, this one's now wearing shoes instead yeah, of or like heels. We, said, our M&M's as a brand, our Mars Corporation as a brand looks to be inclusive. So what we've done with the M&M's are these specific changes that we're notifying you as inclusive. Yeah. High heels out, flats in, no more seductive hip shaking walking. We're changing everything. They even and have hips. People they're, they're, get, they're, they're, they're circled. They're like, I don't think they have hips. Yeah. But people but go, oh, what do you mean? Yeah. How dare you tell me that my and again it's 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 your it's your ilk. It's the, the angry white men. Whoa. I'm not angry. I'm not in I mean it's Tucker Carlson. That's who he's appealing to. He's not appealing to me. He might he's be. not appealing to you either, but he's appealing to more people who look like you than look like me. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough, touche. <laughs> I think I'm too young. I think I'm too young for his um Yeah, you might be for his which ire. Is, which is odd. <laughs> Too, I'm too forward thinking. I'm too progressive. Yeah. I'm too woke. Uh, I'm immune to his. Uh, Get woke, stuff. go broke. Exactly. Wait, hang on. That's not right. Anyway, enough of that shit. Let's move on to talk about. Uh, let's go on to some media therapy here. Um, I don't have a Paul Giamatti game again. Drop well, I will say, Billions is back. Paul Giamatti is clean shaven and skinny. It's creepy. I don't like that. It is. He, he looks a lot different. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, Billions is a great show. If you've not watched Billions, I highly recommend it. It's a very good show. I've been watching nothing. I still need to. Watch. I've watched the first episode of the of Cobra Kai season four, and that's it. And I was like, okay. "This is good." And then I went right well, back to playing games again. So, if that's the case, I guess I should go over some some movie stuff. Yeah, I've got one movie that I've seen. Okay, so I watched uh, the what is this called? It's a short film. It's called uh, what is this? It's got Oscar Isaac in it. Just watch this, like less than it's a show nine hours or a movie. Ago. So it's a short film. Oh. And I believe it's called the it's 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 called Dune. the letter You're talking about Dune. It's called the letter room. Oh. It's 32 minutes. And it's a short hmm. film. Okay. And it's basically I'll read the the tagline, an empathetic corrections officer gets transferred to the prison's letter room where he finds escape in deeply personal letters written to an inmate on death row. Oh. It's good. I recommend you give it 30 minutes of a watch. That's all I'm going to say. I, it's it's not. It's just kind of a comedy. And it's a good short. What are you watching? And I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Oh, it's on uh, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. It's If you've got Amazon, just 30 minutes. Just watch it for 30 minutes. It's good. You watch it and you're done. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. All right. Um, I, I, I get beyond 30 minutes of this. Yeah. The other this thing is a I comedy. Watched, it's it's a it's a kind of a comedy. There's comedic parts. It's only thirty minutes, so it's there's a bit of comedy in it. There's a bit of drama. It's it's good. Okay. It's just an enjoyable watch. Fair enough. The other thing is, I watched eighteen minutes of Macbeth, the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, you tapped out, huh? I, I couldn't do it. I mean, Denzel <laughs> is fantastic, but wow. Ma- and you know why? So there's a couple of things here, right? So this movie, if you're not aware of this movie, this this movie is like the definition of Oscar bait. Yeah, it's it's directed by Joel Cohen, mm-hmm. one of the Cohen brothers, and it's yeah. written by William Shakespeare, of course. <laughs> they actually put them. that. It's like written written by Joel Cohen and and Shakespeare. So they're reading it's, the the actual Shakespearean. There's no. So um, let me so, so, so let me get to it. Let me. I'll tell you why I tapped out. Right. So it's got Denzel Washington playing Macbeth, right? Yep. Which immediately for me was I'm in. Yep. Right. I'm in. It's Denzel playing Macbeth. He's a he's an actor. He's also a he's 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 a great theater 
actor as well. Mm-hmm. So he's a thespian. It's got Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. Mm-hmm. All right, like, we're getting somewhere, right? Like this is this is looking good. So I turned this on and I was like, you know what? I hope this is good, right? I'm I can I can take a little Willie Shakespeare. And they immediately this movie's first is in black and white. So it started black and white, right? And you're like, okay, all right, you know, black and white, I can do it. Roma was in black and white, liked Roma, right? And there's a lot of movies that they put on black and white. I don't know why. Like, what's wrong with color? Like, but sure, whatever. Black and white effect, cool. Drama. And the first word is thou, 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 and it is read directly from the text. Oh, yeah, okay. Directly. There's no hint of, hey, I understand you're watching this in 2021, so we're going to put some real English in here that you understand and just tell a good story. It is Denzel and Francis McDormand reciting Shakespeare, like word for word. I know that apparently in the movie they they don't go through all of it because it's a long play, and but it is word for word full of metaphors and like the, the, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Shakespeare talk. Oh like, yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, I went to the store. It's like you know, I I, I traveled far field, and thou shall not find the 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 bread in the streets, but in the like it's that type of stuff. We'll be like, just say you went to the store. And so we tried. And I would say, I would, Alice is like, don't talk, this isn't my fault. And I was like, you're right. This is a joint effort because we are both not smart enough and not film geeks enough to go Macbeth is a classic story. There's been 30 Macbeth movies, 30 of them. Mm -hmm. There's one recently. That's what I mean. They can't can't stop making Willie Shakespeare movies. And I I can't sit through you reciting. the The story of Macbeth is a great one. I just don't want to listen to Denzel recite it as much as he's great. He's really, really good. And this movie has crazy great reviews. This movie, I believe, is going to win a couple of Oscars. I I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I made it through 18 minutes before I turned it off. And then we watched the other thing. (laughs) So couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, yeah, that's my review on Macbeth. If you really love Shakespeare and you can take like heavy Shakespeare talk, like to the point where it's hard to understand because they're doing it quickly, trying yeah. to make it conversationally, but it's full of weird words from the 1400s that no one understands. And if you do understand that, you're probably going to love it. Half the time I'm like, what did you just say? Who? Who? Yeah. Who's the witch? What? What? The? Okay, I, I can't follow this. Yeah, we don't talk that way for a reason. We don't talk that way for a reason. Like, we don't write that way. We don't talk that way anymore because it's hard to understand. So... Yeah, if you if you love Macbeth and you're a big Shakespeare fan, this is the movie for you. If you just want to watch a great story by one of the Coen brothers with Denzel and Francis McDormand, I think you're going to get bored. And I got oh. bored, so I turned it off. Okay. You, you got to respect it. You gave it a good college try. I tried. I really did. I, I mean, Denzel was great. And I just, I, I was out. <laughs> I was out. Thou shalt, thou, thou. It's just, oh, enough, enough. And look, I'm looking at this. Excellent reviews. I think people are just faking the funk. I think this this is where this is where the Hollywood crap annoys me. Because I'm like, you didn't really enjoy this crap if you're a normal human being. Like, oh, I, I love this. Like, I'm, I'm going to read some of the audience reviews on this on Google, right? I just typed in the, the tragedy of Macbeth on Google. And it's got 4.4 out of 5 stars. And this is, this is some of the reviews. It is very rare that you see films quite like this. 
One thing I will note is that this film is not for people getting introduced to the works of Shakespeare, Macbeth specifically. This film is for people, where is it? This film is for people who understand the story themes and characters. Because for a story that is already widely considered one of the deepest stories ever written, it is impressive that Joel Cohen is able to add even more layers. Like, oh, with the layers, it was boring. Don't give me boring movies. Yes, was the cinematography great? Sure. But if I can't understand what you're saying, it's a terrible movie. It's terrible. It's terrible. And that's part of the, like, as Macbeth walked towards the dagger, as he struggles with the thought of murdering King Duncan, the pillars block light from Macbeth. Macbeth only speaks his soliloquy when he is shrouded in the darkness. Or a, Shut up. Shut up. Enough. This, this review is huge. It's, it, this is longer than the movie. Enough. Denzel Washington portrays Macbeth just as well as you'd expect him to. He handled the layers of the characters extraordinarily well and made the transition feel natural. Like just, just like these people who are gonna sit here and watch this, and it's also in a four by three ratio, so it's not even in sixteen oh, by nine. Like again, this wow. movie is just soaked in ugh. And if this movie wins an Academy Award, I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna be done with the film industry forever. No, you're not. Because th- th- this is all it takes. This is it? Here, read it's some like when the artist one. It's the same thing. It's gonna be the same. It's the same like when the artist one. It's the same group of people. When, like, and again, this is where I'll defend Marvel, right? Here we go. I yeah. bag on Marvel. Marvel makes, makes stuff that's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's repetitive, and it's the same stuff over and over again, but I've never walked out of a Marvel movie. Oh, maybe maybe one or two where I've been like, oh, what a waste of my time. Like, I've made it through every Marvel movie. Right. I've never cut out of a Marvel movie in 18 minutes. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, I talk about Thor 2. Thor 2 is like, or even Age of Ultron, which are... Age of Ultron is probably like my least favorite movie. Still watched but all it's of still, it. It's still fun. It's still fun most of the time. I way could through. understand it. <laughs> yeah. This, you know what? This, these kind of movies, this is like for vegans of the film industry. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> wow. that's what I think of. And honestly, there might be a lot of V. Ve- anybody who wrote that how much they love this movie is probably also a vegan. And I don't, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be a vegan to like it, but it'll probably help. Would you agree or disagree? <laughs> I, I just want to read this review from this guy. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know what you're talking about, <laughs> and fine. S- stuff boned to him and thoroughly strangled by Shakespearean gobbledygook. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The tragedy of McDreth is truly a crying tragedy because of the horrible film it faithfully is from start to finish. Easily the otherwise haloed Joel's uh, haloed Joel Cohn's worst film. I agree. <laughs> I agree with this guy. It's wow. like, yeah, like this guy's like, yeah, like it's filled with Shakespeare gobbledygook. Like enough, enough with yeah. the Shakespeare mess. Like you could have easily made this a Shakespeare movie and had bits of that in it, right? Like Romeo and Juliet. Like there's movies that we've done with Shakespeare's works. Yeah, I was just about to say, let's, let's look at the difference between the the Boz Lerman joint and this. <laughs> like what, how do those, how do those stack up on Rotten Tomatoes from a critical Oh, I'm sure the other one has got terrible reviews because it doesn't yeah. follow the Shakespearean gobbledygook. Yes, like like I'm, from, from Felicity Carlin, today I saw a masterpiece, The Tragedy of Macbeth. By the end of the witch's first scene, I was utterly captivated. Yeah. It surely must be a contender for multiple Oscars. Denzel Washington gave what is by far the best interpretation of Macbeth I have ever seen. And Francis McDormand? Perfection. 
Like enough. Like these people need to jump down a hole and never come out. Like enough. Like you sit down there with your Shakespearean works and your boring masterpieces that the rest of us humans can't understand because we're too dumb. So fine, I'll be a dummy. I'll happily be a dummy and say I quit this movie in 18 minutes. And if it wins a bunch of Academy Awards, it tells me that, you know, this, this, this is what it takes. So I, Marvel fans, I'm sorry. After watching this, I am sorry for ragging on you. It has made me appreciate the, 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 the cotton candy and popcorn that you all love. I'm with you. If the, so, if, the, uh, if the other side of the fence is this, I get a bunch of this every, every couple of months, I'm out. I'd much so, rather watch Thor swing the hammer over and over and over again versus have to painfully watch Denzel, who's a great actor, just recite Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. So Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet, well, which is actually titled William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, because they did speak. They did yes, also they follow did. that script, but they also yeah. had guns. And that was cool. Yes. So, uh, cool. yeah, but that that got 73 uh, percent positive reviews and then and 77 percent audience versus tragedy of Macbeth, 93% and 81%. So, yeah. But I think also you could look at this at face value. And I think most people who look at this just watching a trailer, hell, just looking at a, an image of it and be like, I'm in, I'm out. And this is one where I look well, at I and I say, it I'm that, out. Like, give me a little bit of, give me a little bit of a Willie Shakespeare, but then, but then get into it. Let Denzel be Denzel. And, and there's bits of that. You can tell Denzel is trying to not just make another, trying to make another Shakespeare movie. You can see it. And, otherwise, and just, you wouldn't have cast Denzel. Yeah, otherwise, you're not casting Denzel because you want, you know, he's a thespian, but you want to add a little something different to it, right? Yeah. And he just recited Shakespeare. It was rough. Oh, man, this movie is rough. I, this might be the my least favorite film ever. I, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, Denzel was going to be like uh, you would get fences, Denzel in this. Still monologuing, still doing all that well, stuff, being right? cool, but you know. yeah, mm-hmm. but no. And then like no? Francis okay. McDormand, it was funny because we actually watched uh, we <laughs> we actually watched um, something's got to give. Okay. Oh, interesting. Sure. That's the movie where like Jack Nicholson sleeps with everybody. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Got it. And he gets a heart. He's he's he's, he's, he's a, he just lives. He just plays himself. It's got yeah. Keanu Reeves in it, Amanda Peet's in it, and Francis McDormand is in it with long hair. Oh, it was weird. Because okay. you just think of Francis McDormand now, and she plays these real, these real life women, and she's just kind of a she's a she's a side character to Diane Keaton. <laughs> she's like her like her sister in this with Jack Nicholson. It's it's a it's what a real made it's you Jam- watch it's got John what Favreau in it too. It's such Why a did strange you watch this film. movie. How did you convince Alice to watch this one? I didn't convince Alice to watch this. It was almost the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but it's a romantic nobody... comedy. This is what Yeah, happens. there's no there's no tragedies, there's no like dark shit in this one. This is uh, you know, to use an example, I said yesterday no dog gets strangled in this thing. Like <laughs> why would she, why would she watch this? And it's funny because uh <laughs> for as bad as this movie was, I'll take this if you want to keep making movies like this, if you tell me Jonathan you have a choice between Macbeth, this movie had an 80 million budget. Do you want to know how much money this movie made in the box office? Something's got to give. Uh, I I'm actually on the Wikipedia page now, but haven't. Oh, I just saw it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so don't read too far in it because there's a couple. There's a couple of real shocking things I want to. I want to. I want to tell you about this movie. Like that blew my mind. Of just like we're in a totally different realm I know of the filmmaking. Plot. I already know. I think I've you seen know the this plot. Movie. So first mm-hmm. of all, guess. Try to guess how much how much money this movie made. It's it co- to, it cost eighty million to make. Uh, 
Well, I know. I know it. I saw it. That's the only thing I saw on the Wikipedia page okay, was how cool. much so, it made. $266 million at the box office. Yeah. This movie came out in 2003 out. as well. Mm-hmm. It was around my Big Fat Greek Wedding, which made like $500 million. Yeah. This this movie won some awards. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, what Diane win? Keaton was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. <laughs> In this movie, it's nuts. We don't do this anymore. You know who gets nominated for Academy Awards now? Frances McDormand in Macbeth. Yeah, not Diane Keaton in Something's Got to Give. <laughs> and she also won a, a Golden Globe. I know the Golden Globes are canceled now, but she won a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical. And Jack Nicholson received a nomination for Golden Globe. So, like, this is an award-winning movie, award-nominated movie. You got to respect it, though. The premise is you so bad crazy. It. And to be, to play that role and and sell it, like, I, I could, i buy it. Why not? Like, it, it give give actors the credit where it's due when they're in these outlandish situations and you and you buy in wholesale. Like, I, I think I remember the premise of this movie. So, I'm going to get into it. So, tell me if I'm wrong. But the whole idea is, like, Jack Nicholson has basically slept with every woman generation of this family and he's no that's not the premise the... at all that's no that's not the premise the premise that's is part of it right no that's not the premise the premise is jack nicholson is uh he's <laughs> he's a music mogul who who's who specifically specializes in hip-hop productions <laughs> that makes sense i think that was jack's idea of you know what I spend a lot of time at Laker games, and I think uh, I think I want to be a hip hop producer. It's my terrible Jack Nicholson impression. So he's I, a, he's a I know producer. this community. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can represent the African American experience. That's, that's much better. So he he the whole premise of this is he only dates women under thirty. Oh, right? okay. He's in his sixties, and he only mm-hmm. dates women under thirty. That's that's the whole shtick. That's how it starts, right? He's a he's the, he's a known he's he's a known bachelor around town who only dates younger women. Right. Who dates? So he's women dating Amanda Pete. So he's dating Amanda Pete. That's how the movie starts. They're driving, and she's at her mom's beach house, right? So she's like, "I'm gonna take my mom. Never uses this. We're gonna come up here and have a have a weekend getaway." And so they're obviously having this weekend. They're like, they're starting and it's doing all the cutesy stuff that happens in romantic movies, romantic comedies. And Jack Nicholson is in his underwear and a button down shirt, the way that an old man would be. Sure. And Diane Keaton and Francis McDormand walk in the door. And Jack Nicholson is sitting there with his feet, the lower part of his, but below his knees, right? The refrigerator door is open. So you see below his knees. And this whole thing starts with, who's this man in my house? Who's this old man? And he's like, I'm dating your daughter. <laughs> and, then, and then basically it starts with like, well, let's just all spend the weekend together up here. And so it starts with sort of diving into Jack Nicholson's, like what makes him who he is and why is he dating this younger woman? All the, you know, they have a real kind of contentious dinner because obviously you've got older women who are looking at this, this old guy going like you're dating this 30-year-old or you're dating this under 30-year-old. And so in the process of this, Jack Nicholson has a heart attack. Right. Because he's old, right? Him and Amanda Pete are fooling around, and he has a heart attack because he's old. And basically, then he has to stay at this house because he's not able to travel back to New York. So he's staying at this beach house in the Hamptons, and Diane Keaton is there. She's some writer or some playwright or something. 
And so obviously they start to build a budding relationship because they are in the same house and all of this, you know, it turns into a romantic comedy. Connie Counter Reeves is this doctor who falls in love with Diane Keaton. So it's all of these love triangles and who really is and who's attracted to who and how Jack Nicholson is learning the love of an older woman. It's all this stuff. So yeah, he wasn't sleeping with everybody. He didn't sleep with he didn't sleep with Amanda Peet in the movie. They make a clear point to bring that oh. up of like right. this isn't weird, mom, because we never slept together. <laughs> Because that was my first thing. I'd be like, this is just gross because it's just like you're now like it's it's the sister, it's the mom, it's the aunt, it's the it's all these people. And like right. just pick have a have a romantic relationship with one of them. Right. That's what that's what I thought was going on. Yeah, and no, that's, that's that's not why. the it's it's hinted that, but that's not they kind of make a point to explain to you because this movie is a it's a romantic comedy. So like you're gonna have you know, your main your main audience go like, mm, this is gross. But instead, it's like, no, Jack Nicholson is learning the ills of his way that he has more in common with older women than he thought he does. He's able to make more meaningful connections of love and meaningful relationships instead of just, you know, taking advantage of young women. It's one of these movies from 2003. So, yeah. And she won an Academy Award for this performance. Or no, she won a Golden Globe for this performance and was nominated. She went to the Oscars for this, for Best Actress in 2004. It's crazy. Good for her. Good for her. So you like it. You're a big fan. Big fan. Okay. What else you watch? Better than Macbeth. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than Macbeth. All right. Uh, I think what else you got? About it, really? Yeah. Did you watch Bell? I've not watched Bell. I'm trying to find Bell. I don't know where to find it. All right. So I'm, well, I'm working on it. I'm working on finding it. Once I find it, I'll watch it, but I haven't been able to find it. Okay. Well, I watched Bell. I saw it in a the theater. Um, Bell is the latest from, let's see if I could get this guy's name right. It's basically, it's from Mamoru Hosada, who is basically this like really well-known anime director. He made uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I guess uh, a while ago he made, what the hell was the name of this movie? Um, Mirai came out. I think people really liked that in 2018. The Boy and the Beast. Don't know what that is. I've heard of Wolf Children. Never saw it. Summer Wars also. And he directed a uh, a Digimon movie or two. Uh, so that's where he got his start, actually. As you uh, do. Yeah, exactly. As one does. And uh, oh, he did a One Piece uh, movie as well. So yeah. Oh, and the girl. And OK, so anyway, saw this movie. It was pretty well hyped, like around all the various sites that I go to and I, and I saw the trail. I was like, Oh, this looks really cool. The visuals of it look awesome. It's kind of a take on beauty and the beast in a way. Um, there's, and it's like, it's like if beauty and the beast took place in the metaverse, that's basically what this movie is. Um, this movie starts off and has one of like the coolest first five minutes I've ever seen. Visually, this thing is spectacular. Like the way it represents this metaverse social world is is awesome. It's so cool, and um, and the music is great when it's there. Um, very J poppy, but I'm not I'm not opposed to that. And the movie itself, while very pretty, very cool, I want to talk about it, but it is highly rated, which is one of the things that pushed me over the edge to see it. Because as we've established, I usually don't watch these kind of things. Um, the movie on Rotten Tomatoes has like 95% positive mm-hmm. and the average rating, where is it? They, they kind of changed how this works. It's like a 7.8. And I was like, wow, that's really good. 95% of people like it. I thought this movie was good. 
I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I think I think this is a movie that has like an enormous heart and its heart makes up for every fault it has with its characters, plot, logic, storytelling and every other issue that it has as a general means of telling a story and being a good movie. But the heart and the visuals make it what I say is still a worthwhile watch because it's so cool. Um, but man, this thing has some serious fundamental problems <laughs> that, that I that I don't understand how you could look at and be like, yeah, that's a that's a great movie. I'm like, I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's a great movie. And but I am curious now to go back and watch the other guys' uh, stuff because apparently the um, what was the movie? That is really good that I was told to watch. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time is apparently awesome. And so is Wolf Yeah, I've heard about that movie being good too. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll go through and uh, and watch those and see how it goes. But Bell, do I recommend it? Sure. Because it's, uh, it's pretty cool. But I, I'm curious. I want you to watch it just so I could confirm or, you know, you could tell me I'm wrong. I'd, I would like to talk about it because there's some things about it where I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> Like why? Why would you do this? You know, there's a few questions I had along the way. But yeah, yeah, that's okay. uh, well. I'll watch it. I'll still watch it because I'm always about. I'm down to watch something visually. Yeah, I know. Nice. Visually, you're gonna you're gonna be blown away. You're gonna love it. Cool. Um, cool. And that's it for. And I watched the first episode of season four of Cobra Kai, and uh, it was cool watching that guy roundhouse kick a wine bottle. I was like, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like great. We're, I like we're it for a good time. Yeah, I like where we're going. Yep, and it shits on vegans, so that's cool too. Okay, a lot of games. Let's talk about some games because I've I've done a lot of it. I finished I finished chorus. Loved it. Thought it was great. Going to go down, add it to the pile of underrated games from 2021. It's a struggle with launching a game in December. And yeah, highly enjoyed it. And actually, I, I tweeted about it. Gave credit to the composer, a guy named Pedro. Actually uh, met Pedro. He reached out, thanked, thanked me, and uh, hopped on a call with him to talk. And Pedro's awesome. Pedro has a dream where he wants to play ice hockey as a goalie. And um, I don't know if you know anybody or have any means to get that done, but goddammit, I want to try to do it. So play chorus. I feel like you should be able to do that. You should be able to uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if yeah, he ever makes hockey. it out, if he ever makes it out to New York, could yeah. definitely make it happen. Yeah. Um, but he lives in Portugal, and I was like, sure. He said there's no ice rinks out here, so he he played. He was a roller hockey goalie, and I said, mm-hmm. well, surely there's got to be a there's got to be an ice rink in Portugal, like at least one, right? I and think I looked so, it up. Right? Yeah, and I looked it. I I looked it up. No, did not find one. Huh. Every single one I clicked at, it was like a roller rink. Huh. Like, there's, there's ice rinks in Spain, but not in Portugal. Oh, yeah, in, in Spain. Yeah, not in Portugal. Hmm? Huh. Very unusual. Yeah. Yeah, it is unusual. I mean, I guess it depends on where in Portugal he lives. If he lives in Lisbon, then yeah, he's kind of screwed. He's by, the, he's by the beach. He's by the ocean. Yeah, I, think, I don't know exactly where he is in Portugal, but it's... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to make dreams come true. That seems like one that... Uh, Portugal seems like possible. a cool place. Yeah, it does. Right. It just seems like a cool, like, it's kind of like, you kind of forget about it. Right. It's amazing that they were able to colonize a country like Brazil. <laughs> Given how, like, how just kind of how small they are. They're kind of just like on the, on the, on the butt end of Spain here. 
Well, maybe what happened was they were, they were like, you know, they're getting pushed out. So they got all that because they have all that ocean. Right. And they said, well, we got to expand. So we're going, you know, we're going West. And then they hit Brazil. Bam. They hit South America. And they, they kind of gave up after they hit Brazil. They're like, yeah, Brazil, we're done. <laughs> They're like, we just needed more space. Here we go. I mean, Brazil's enormous. No, that's my point. They're like, yeah, I think, well, I think this is big enough. <laughs> they, yeah. they did. I'm looking at their colonization map, and they did colonize some parts of, well, some random parts of Canada. Uh, some parts of Africa, of course, because as, as you do. Um, and like sure. some little random little areas around like, Asia and, and Sri Lanka and some of these strange spots where they colonized. Very interesting. Well, these small countries did some serious damage. I mean, look at the UK. UK is not big. No, no. Britain is not they, big. And they yeah. just yeah, fucked they up the world. Everything. I mean, look, Japan, right? <laughs> Japan's oh, yeah. not in landmass. It's not big. They got a lot of people. No. Yes. But in landmass, Japan's not big. So I guess that's what happens when you're in a little island with no landmass and you've got a bunch of money. You go, well, what do we do? It's like, well, let's just go conquer other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess but uh, yeah exactly but you got the beaches they're nice right it's like you have what you, why not why not be content with what you have i think they are now i feel like Port- portuguese well, people sure most people now. are now except for russia who's again we might we might be at war with by the time we do another recording but you know they they don't have much beachfront you property we, uh, you might be a war with russia i'm down here in new zealand Dual not citizenship not does not mean exclusive you still hey look you know, i'm way past i'm way past the age of being drafted Oh, I'm like, not does that hit you at either. all? Right, like I think it's thirty, and I think in bad, in real bad cases, it's thirty-five. Oh, and I'm good. They don't want you. Me might too. not be, but I'm good. I'm, t- right? I'm too like, short. There's no the way. chances of them drafting me are slim. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'll be okay. They don't want me. I'll show up, and they'll be like, "Oof!" It's like I'm like St- if they actually did turn, or if if like they committed to turning away Steve Rogers before he became Captain America, they were like, <laughs> "Still no, nah, bro." Yeah, still still no. I know you're a little jack now, but nah, man. Like, no. Mentally, I don't mm-hmm. think you're there. No, we don't have that juice. Well, nope. well, to be honest with you, they probably would draft you because playing war is like video games now, right? Like, you don't actually have to go. Like, you just be like, hey, you're, you play games, right? Fly a drone. True. I did just play chorus. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. So moving down the list here, I played Unsighted. I finished that game. I think I talked about it a little bit. Really good. A little bit like Metroidvania, but amazing pixel art. Like, some of the coolest pixel art. Um, a lot of LGBTQ themes in that one as well. I think it was actually made by trans developers, which is interesting. But that's cool. regardless, good game. Very good game. Overlooked, but very good. Uh, played that on Switch, and uh, it's also, but it's also on Game Pass. Speaking of Game Pass, I played XO1. Do you remember the game Tiny Wings on uh, phones where you basically no. had these slopes? God, no. No, it was like there was these slopes and all you did was basically it was like uh, you tried to get as far as you can. And you basically the only button was to go downward and then you'd propel yourself up these slopes. It's basically a 3D version of that with this kind of weird, bizarro, abstract sci fi story. Whole game's about two hours long. Very cool looking, though, um, and very and uh, and very fun. Very interesting. Um, but had fun with that. Burned through that one. Then played through, buckle up for this name, Record of Lotus War, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. This is a, yeah, exactly. So Record of Lotus War is apparently a franchise that's existed for like 30 years. It's based on like a D&D campaign. I looked it up after playing this game. 
And because the game itself is just this small bite-sized Castlevania game. You can play through it in like four to six hours or so. It's very quick, but the game is excellent, like really, really great, Um, especially since and I liked how brief it was. You never got a chance to get bored with it. But yeah, it's like characters. I had no idea who they were. But the game was just fun. And Record of Lotus War is apparently a thing. Deedle It is apparently a character there. And this is a game in uh, like a, in a labyrinth of sorts. So that kind of explains all that one. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. If you want a Castlevania game uh, that respects your time, that you can finish very quickly, <laughs> which I, I do. your time. I think that's important. I really do. There's an important there's like Dying Light 2 is out here bragging that their game is 500 hours long. And I was like, that's not a selling point. (laughs) It's not. It really isn't. Um, And then the last game I completed was uh, Solar Ash. I finished that game in a day. This game is very cool looking made from the developers of Hyper Light Drifter. It's um, you basically uh, are playing as this person who's like skating around. That's the only way I could explain it. It's like as you it plays a lot with this mobility. It's like a cross between I could throw out examples that you wouldn't know. Like if I said, oh, it's like the pathless. And you'd be like, I don't know what that is. But you, it's got this really cool freeform movement system, platforming, adventure elements, it's open world. And then you build up to these big shadow of the colossus like boss fights. Very cool, very fun. Again, another game that respects your time. I was able to, I played that on PS5. It's only on PS5, I think. Might be on PC. Um, but this one was very cool. Looked gorgeous. Soundtrack was good. Um, and those boss fights were just incredible. Like they just really had this amazing sense of scale, which I always appreciate. And then currently playing on Xbox, playing a game called Nobody Saves the World, which is the latest from Drinkbox, the guys who made Guacamelee and Severed. Uh, did, yeah. you play, did you play Severed no. or Guacamelee on Vita? I played Guacamelee. I didn't play Severed. No. Okay. Yeah, so this is their latest one. It's on Xbox and PC. It's awesome. This is all I've been playing recently at home. It's so good. Between this and Halo, uh, that's that's basically it. I'm playing at home right now, and I'm having a blast. It's really cool premise. You play as this guy who picks up a wand and can transform into all different forms of uh, of, of uh, animals and characters. You could turn into an archer or a magician or a zombie and each of them have their own different set of moves. And then you can even mix and match the moves from character to character. And it's a it's like an action RPG, but the tasks are all given to you in these smaller chunks to level up these characters individually. So you go from an F rank to an A rank. And it's awesome. This is also a kind of game that I looked at and I said, oh, this is definitely going to be a roguelike. And then I look and then when I was actually playing the game, I realized, oh, it's not. This is actually there, I don't have to keep playing through the same thing over and over again. This is amazing. And I'm having a blast with this game. The art is gorgeous, but also the character design is incredibly disturbing and creeping me out hmm. all the time. Like they just have your character itself is just like this naked white baby looking thing. And with like these really creepy eyes and then everything that you turn into also have these really creepy dead eyes. You got to look up pictures of this thing because it it yeah, is looking at it freaky super freaky and weird like maybe you could do a better job explaining why everything in the game is so creepy uh i, I mean I, I haven't played it which i no, but just look at the characters well it's just it's it's the fact that their eyes look kind of sunken yeah it's like the sunkenness of the eyes where like you kind of that's sort of like 
like bags and lines and sort of deep blacks just kind of make it look like not like I would say most characters and this goes for even stuff like Uncanny Valley stuff. It's in the eyes, right? Yeah. Like like when the eyes are a little too real or a little like uh, there's features that we recognized as like depravity or like certain things. When you look at someone's eyes, you can tell a lot by someone by looking at their eyes. And these characters have really creepy eyes, which is kind yeah. of the point, I'm guessing. It's, but it's cool. I guess, yeah. But the game is awesome. I would expect it to come to other platforms. Like, I, I kind of wish I was playing this on the Switch. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it'll come to Switch eventually. They probably just yeah. have an exclusivity deal with Xbox. But, and if and if that's the case, go for it. Wait. But highly, highly, highly recommend this game. Drinkbox, yet again, didn't miss. And I'm having a blast with this one. Yeah, it's cool. And, and lastly is Shin Megami Tensei 5, which you said you were going to start a month ago, and you have not. I might, I I'm going to start it today, because it's raining today. Look, mm-hmm. we've had beautiful weather in New Zealand, and it's been hard to like really start a video game. I need to start kind of in cloudy weather, because then I don't feel okay. bad. Like even, even when I'm sitting in my house not doing anything, you're like, maybe I should go outside. Maybe I should yeah. go do it. But now it's like, mean. no, I'm going to stay in, mm-hmm. and I am going to possibly play some Halo, and then I'm going to yeah. play... Yeah, let's play some Halo. And then I'm going to, I'm going to play this i'm gonna start it because i need a game i think i need a game for the next couple of months that i can come home play one one match <laughs> one fight and turn oh it God. off yeah that's okay so i, I told you this yesterday but i'm gonna years. i'm gonna tell this story just so i have it documented here um for everybody else to hear assuming you made it this far the, i was told by the ceo of atari that I need to play this game on hard. And he's like, I'm telling you, this is the way to play the game. Every fight is basically like a puzzle and it's really challenging, but it's so good. It, you got to play it that way. You got to try it. And I was like, I don't want to do that, but I did it anyway. I tried it, started up on hard, get through all the story stuff at the beginning, enter the tutorial fight. I died in the tutorial fight literally first fight of the game where it's telling you how to play the game and it killed me and i had to go back to the previous save point which wasn't the fight no no because this goes with the old rpg tropes which is you have specific save points and we're gonna let you save it when we tell you you can save it (laughs) and i had to skip through a whole bunch of cutscenes to get to that damn fight again and i did uh, and I made it through. The reason I lost the fight, by the way, was because I tried to do something, but not all the controls were open. So I selected something thinking, oh, let me try to do this. And it wouldn't let me go back. So I was like, that sucks. Like, I just wanted to, I just should have attacked. But instead, what I did was I selected something else and it wouldn't let me go back to the menu to select attack again. Anyway, got through that fight, played a little bit more in hard mode. And this game is punishingly difficult. The series has always been punishingly difficult. And I gave up in about an hour. I gave up on hard and I just switched it to medium. And now I'm having a good time. It's still very hard. I'm on the first major boss fight, which is what I could only describe as a cross between a, uh, it's basically like a tree of snake penises. And that's, that's like the first major boss you find in the game, which if you played any Shin Megami Tensei game is not really that weird. So yeah, good game. I recommend it overall. Good game. All right. Well, I'm going to try it on hard. Good luck. 
I look forward to hearing how did, that goes. Did you revert back? You revert. You revert, you reverted back to normal. Oh yeah, I did it in like an hour, and that's yes. okay. <laughs> you can't. You can't go. So just to be clear, you can't go from normal to hard, right? But you can go from hard to normal, and there is an easy mode as well. Okay, well I'm going to start and on I'm, hard, and, and I think I'm, I'm actually like when I think back of it, I think Shimigami Tensei Four on the DS kicked my ass so hard on normal that I actually played through that game on easy and it's still difficult. So just say embrace yourself. And the biggest problem, I don't have a problem with hard games, right? I loved cuphead. I'll play a whole bunch of these hard games. That's fine. But I think where I'm lost in a game like this being challenging is that because of the nature of it being a turn-based RPG, there is, there are moments that are defenseless that you're defenseless and you're leaving it entirely up to chance. And it's it, you're basically at a casino where all the all the odds are against you, yeah. And you do what you can to get those odds in your favor, but at the same time, you still have those chances that you will be completely crushed. There is literally a, a staple of the series is that there is an attack that instant kills you. So if you encounter an enemy that has that, yeah, you can change your affinity and do what you can to protect yourself from that. But if you enter that battle and you haven't saved for an hour and you're unprepared. You and your character dies, let alone the rest of your party, because it's only your character that has to die for the game to be over. Then at that point, you just lost the hour and it's done. And when a game doesn't really respect your time like that, then uh, that's what the I'm time. like. Again, the time respecting. This is a time theme. respect is huge. Time respect is definitely huge. And I get it. If you want that kind of challenge, go for it. I'm not saying that there's no place for it or it shouldn't do that. That's the type of game it is. But I appreciate that it also gives me the option to turn that off. It's just like with um it's just like with Unsighted. There was this option in the game that you would be on this timer. It's quote unquote, it's not like a real timer, but everybody in the game could effectively turn bad and you'd have to kill them if you didn't save everybody in time or give them this um these shards to extend their life. And based on where I was playing it and how I was playing it, I was just like that is introducing a level of anxiety that I don't want in this game. And they gave you the option to turn off and I did. And I had a blast with that game. And if I was under that time pressure, then I would have, uh, I would have enjoyed it significantly less. Cause I tried it first with that timer on and I found myself playing the game like a maniac. I was like, I'm just running through things cause I don't really understand the time limit yet. And also the way I play my switch is usually I'm picking it up once or twice a day. And then maybe I might not play it for a day or two. So it just wasn't it wasn't practical whereas for this game they give you the options and if you want that insane challenge go for it but for me i'm a wuss well maybe i'll start on normal because that seems like it's hard enough <laughs> yeah well hey like i said you could turn it off i think you should try it on hard because like i said you can always turn it to normal from the jump okay. but and i'd you really that, like to I'd, I'd like yeah i'd really like to hear your reaction so all right uh, well yeah i'll start on nor- i'll start on hard and then i'll yeah. you know, drop down the normal then i'll play it on easy then i won't finish it that's not how it'll go i like it great <laughs> all right well that's it oh and of course we've also been playing the hell out of halo which is still great a lot of fun all right that's it you made it this far congratulations and if you want to go a little bit further you should make your way to itunes or spotify or both Give us a little, uh, give us a little review there. Say some good stuff or bad stuff. I mean, you could say bad stuff, but we prefer if you said it along with a five star rating. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, five stars. These guys suck. 
Great. Well, you made it this far, so appreciate it. Um, I might be looking for games that respect my time, and clearly you don't look for podcasts that respect yours. <laughs> <sighs> but we do appreciate it. And that's it. So until next week, this podcast is over.